שלום עליכם, שבוע טוב, חודש טוב מבורך. To all of you, listeners of this beautiful station, this is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. And I'm going to talk about Parashat Mishpatim, which we read yesterday. In this parasha, there are 53 mitzvot. The vast majority of the mitzvot are mitzvot ben Adam lahaviru, between man and his fellow man. You'll find various different laws, such, such as laws of damages, if someone causes a damage to his fellow man, laws of stealing the property of a fellow man, or watching over something for somebody else, either watching for free or watching uh, uh, for, for money or lending money to the poor. Yet, with so many various different laws that are in the parasha, yet uh, the Torah started with the laws of Ebed Evri, the Jewish slave. Uh, you might ask, I mean, why why start with the, the law of the Jewish slave? I mean, I, okay, you know, slavery is something of the past, and why uh, all of a sudden this is, the, this is the one that's so important now to bring up? I, I'm going to mention two different reasons. One is because now they're leaving Mitzrayim. This is the time now. They were in Egypt. They were slaves for so many years, over 200 years. They have suffered tremendously. Their lives was bitter, full of pain and suffering. So now is the time where they will understand much better the plight of a slave, how much grief, how much anguish, how much affliction a slave goes through. Now they will understand and they'll be careful to abide by the laws. They'll go in deep into their heart. Later on, it might be different. Once they are free already and they forgot all about the past slavery, it will be different. As a matter of fact, in the Haftarah that we, that we usually read for Parashat Mishpatim, I mean, yesterday we didn't read the regular parasha. We read Parashat Shekalim, the Haftarah for Parashat Shekalim, which is different. But the regular parasha, the Haftarah that we read for Parashat Mishpatim, talks about the slave lords in the days of Tzitkiyahu, King Tzitkiyahu, that was the last king of Israel. Actually, these this, this, uh, uh, slave owners they sealed the covenant. They, they, they signed an actual verit, a treaty, accepting upon themselves to release all Jewish slaves as prescribed by the Torah. Unfortunately, afterwards, they reversed themselves. They captured them again and made them work just like before. That made Hashem angry about it. He punished them by being conquered by the enemy, and eventually by the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. Hashem sent Yermiel to tell the people, you are reneging on your covenant. You're breaking your word on a treaty. 
which you agreed to send the slaves free after six years. Because of that, I will give you to your enemies. So we see from here that later on, hey, people forget about the pain. That's why Hashem told them now, right now. Now they would understand better because they know, they felt what it is to be a slave. Another reason why it started with the uh, Eved Evri is the following. The Shla Kadosh and even even Ibn Azra also uh, had agreed with it. They're saying like this, Hashem wanted the Bnei Israel to be their, his servants. In other words, he wanted to substitute one Abdut for another. They were Abadim in Egypt, and he will take them from that Abdut to be the Avadim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem wanted to impress upon their heart the matter of servants, to get them used to it so that it'll be easier later on just to switch from one to the other in the fulfillment of the mitzvot. Now, this is perhaps what we mean by Anuchi Hashem Elokecha I am the Lord your God, who took you out of Egypt, and it says, Mi bet avadim. Why does it say, Mi bet avadim? Took you out of Egypt, that's it. Mi bet avadim, I took you out of that avdut, shitihu avadim li, so that you can be my, my, my avadim, my servants. So what's the idea behind that? It's like this, very simple. Just like a slave, does not question his master's orders. He does them automatically. So Bnei Israel will do Hashem commandments with no questions asked. So Hashem put the Bnei Israel as slaves in Egypt according to the Shlach Kadosh, so that they will learn what it is to be a slave, what it is to do things unquestionably, and go ahead without even thinking. And this way, when they go out of Egypt, They'll be the servants of Hashem to one question. Therefore, if a master, for example, gives a hundred instructions to his, to his slaves, a hundred of them, and the slave says to his master, you know what? I'll, I can do 99 of them, but one of them I refuse to do. He's not a true slave. He'll be punished. He'll be punished by his master. So perhaps with this, we can understand a famous story in Tanakh and Melachim. I don't know if you heard about King Hezekiah. He was a Sadiq. He made sure to spread the Torah all over his kingdom. Even the children, everyone was obligated to learn Torah. Later on in his life, he became sick. And Ishayahu Hanavi came to him and he said to him, start writing your will. That's it. He's not going to live from this sickness. He's going to die. So he asked him, why? He said, because you did not fulfill the mitzvah of Periyah Veribiyah. He didn't have any children. He didn't get married. No children. So King Hezekiah said to him, 
I saw with Ruach HaKodesh that if I have any children, they're going to be Rishayim. Rishayahu told him, it is not your job to second guess the mitzvot of Hashem. It's not your job to question. You have a commandment, you do it. So he said to him, the, the king said, look, uh, I'm a very good king, you know, I'm, uh, I've been doing very so many good things in, in the kingdom, and, and you're a Navi, perhaps give me your daughter, maybe uh, my Zechut and your Zechut will have good children. To which Shishayu Navi answered, too late. That's it. The Gezerah already came out, finished. So the king said to him, all right, complete your nevoah and leave. That's it. As soon as Yeshayahu and Navi left, he got up and prayed with great kavanah to HaKadosh Baruch And Hashem gave him an additional 15 years. The question is, how come he deserved to die from one mitzvah? Since when that a person who does not uh, fulfill the mitzvah deserves to be to die? I mean, this is not right. It's not, it's not what it is. What happened over here? How do we understand the fact that he failed to do one mitzvah that he deserves to die? The idea is like this. First of all, when it comes to Sadiqim, I mean, King Hezekiah was almost a, called a, a Mashiach. And I mean, who are we to even uh, talk uh, anything about him? It's just that this is what Chazal is telling us. Well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Midagdek Im Hasidav Kehut HaSara. is Midagdek always, especially on the Tzadikim. But here, we have a specific thing that parallels what we said before. An Eved is supposed to do exactly what Hashem tells him. Otherwise, not Eved. In this particular case, King Hezekiah chose not to get married and have children. Now, if a person doesn't do a mitzvah because of some emergency circumstances or some strenuous circumstances, it's one thing. But here he chose willfully not to fulfill that mitzvah. Then it's a lack in being a true Evid. As we said before, if a master gives his Evid 100 instructions or, or 613 instructions, he says, I, I don't want to do one of them, then it's not a true Evid. That's why then when he pray to Hashem and then say, okay, well, he will get married and have the children. So now he's a, a really true Eved. Then Hashem resigned it, the Gezerah. And he lived another 15 years. And it's true. What he saw in Ruach HaKodesh came out to be true. He, he saw Menashe, who, being, uh, who was a king after him, was a Rasha. Now, so the question we had how come it starts with Eved Ivri and not another mitzvah? Now we understand. Hashem is first saying to tell us, before I'm going to tell you any kind of a mitzvah, especially a mitzvah that there's mitzvah sikhliyot, 
mitzvot that have to do with understanding the laws of damages. This is between man and fellow man. And Hashem is telling us, hey, don't hurt this one. Don't destroy spark. These are mitzvot sechliot. But regardless of any mitzvah, you're supposed to do a mitzvah because Hashem said so. Don't do it because of the sechel. Just like an Eved does not ask questions. It does the mitzvot. So Hashem is starting with the, with the, the passage of the Eved every to tell us, hey, before I t- give you any other mitzvot, especially the mitzvot that are rational, I want you to understand one thing. The concept of Eved. You have to do them because they are decrees from me. Not because you understand them. And this is really, uh, in general, you know, we're supposed to ask, uh, I, I mean, are we, are we supposed to ask for reasons for mitzvot? Is, it, is that uh, something that is okay, that's legal? Yes. You look at the chinuch. The chinuch, every single mitzvah, it gives a reason for it. But the point is, we have to be very careful that we should fulfill the mitzvah because Hashem instructing, inst- instructed us to do so. This is what makes us Am Segula. This is what makes us Am Kadosh, a holy nation. By the way, speaking about holiness, there is an interesting pasuk in, last, in yesterday's parashah that talks about holiness. Holiness. It says like this, kodesh tehyunli. You shall be holy people. lotochelu. And meat that was terefa, in other words, if some kind of uh, animal, lamb or sheep, was, uh, was killed by uh, a wolf or a tiger or whatever, that's, that can sit terefa, meaning it was killed by another animal. That's what it means over here. Although, in general, terefa is something that you shecht it and then it doesn't come out. Okay, there's something wrong inside the lungs or the heart or something. But in this case, this is what I mean. Don't eat it. Give it to the dog. Now, there's, there's two really, two questions here. First of all, what is the relationship between Anshe Kodesh being holy and Basar Basadeh Terefah? A Basar that is Terefah. What's, what's the relationship? And secondly, why we, the Torah is specifying, throw it to the dog, give it to the dogs. So, just don't eat it. Don't eat that kind of terrifier. Just give it to the dog. Why? Why the dog only? Okay, the relationship is the following. The Rambam writes in Halachot Kedushah, in halachot of Kedushah, and in the laws of holiness, he writes both the forbidden foods and the forbidden relationships between men and, and woman. In other words, and Rashi tells us, you know what Kedushah is? The Kedushah is when the person stays away from Machalot uh, Asurot, and of course from Isuribia. 
This is what makes a person holy. Stay away from forbidden foods and from forbidden relationships with a woman. So that's why he said, and she called this you, and she called this you only. You'll be holy to me. How? By not eating forbidden foods. It is one of them. And we talk about forbidden foods, we're not only talking about the pure terefah. So there are many, many, many rules that have to do with kashrut. We have to be very careful, very meticulous about this. There are some rules that most people don't know. The rabbis, maybe, they know it, but the plain, the plain person doesn't know it. I'll give you an example. There was an abrech, an abrech yeshiva bahur, that learns, you know, the whole time. He happened to be on a plane. And next to him, there was a man, a guy. But somehow, they started talking, they started a conversation between them. When it came to meal time, the the going, he was served a non-kosher uh, uh, plate, eh? and the uh, the abrech he, he was uh, he was served a nice uh, nice beautiful sandwich with meat inside. It was nice, you know, gesund. So obviously it's a sandwich, got bread in it. So he got up. He went. The bathroom area, waited a little, little bit, you know, washed his hands, and he came back. He came back after about five, ten minutes. Then he realized something. So he took a small piece of bread only, he ate it, and that's it. He wouldn't eat any anymore. Just sat there. So the guy next to him says, how come you're not eating? It looks very good. You know, it looks very enticing, the sandwich that you have there. He said, you know, uh, there is a certain, uh, a certain rule that we have that uh, if meat is unsupervised for, you know, for a while, we're not supposed to eat it. And I went about 10 minutes, came back over here now. This meat was... I don't know what I don't know what could have happened to it. Who knows? So a halakha is a halakha. That's the rule. I can't eat it. So guy, the guy said to him, You know what? This halakha is a very good one. I'm sorry to say, when I looked at your sandwich and I saw that delicious meat, and I saw what I had. So I took one piece of meat of mine. Put it in your sandwich, and I took a piece of your sandwich and I ate it. He su- he substituted some meat from him, which was terefa, to the meat of the abrech. Now you see how careful we have to be. That's how careful we have to be. In every halacha, we have to know all the rules to apply them. This is what really holiness means. What about the idea of throw it to the dog? Why? Rashi tells us a certain reason. He says, because during the last plague in Mitzrayim, the Makat Bechorot, he said over there, even though the firstborn of the Egyptians were being killed, but on the side 
on the side of the uh, of the uh, of these uh, where the Jews were. Nothing. There was no no one killed, and therefore there was no mourning. There was no yelling. There was nothing. Even a dog wouldn't howl or bark. It was all quiet. So he says so. Being that the dogs were quiet also, then Hashem is saying, okay, give him, reward him. The reward, give it to him. That's his reward. Hashem eno mekapeach schar kol birya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not refrain from giving a reward even to any creature, even the dog. This is one one reason which Rashi brings. The Da'ad Zekinim says something else. He says the following. It's interesting. And he says, look, what is the actual job of the dog? A shepherd, for example, has got 200 sheep and lamb. He's got a few dogs running around. For what purpose? To protect the lambs and the sheep from the wolves. The wolves are always looking for these, for their prey. And as soon as they see a lamb or, or a sheep, they'll go jump at it. The dogs will go and risk their life by trying to scare the wolves off in order to protect this, this, uh, this herd. So as a reward, when something like that happened, and unfortunately the dogs were not careful enough, and one of the sheep had been taken, then whatever is terrified left over, you can throw it to him, give it to the dog. So then, there is a, I saw the other day in the Rabbi Friend's article, interesting question. He says, how, how come that a dog in this particular case, he failed to protect the sheep? What happened here? He's supposed to protect, but he failed. Instead, the, the, the wolf got hold of this sheep and killed it. So now we give him a reward because he failed? Let's give an example. A man is hired to be a watchman over your home or uh, your bank where you have money in there. He falls asleep. And a robber comes, and he takes uh, the money out. The owner later on comes over. So what happened? So the watchman says, I'm sorry, the, uh, there was a robber came in, and I fell asleep. So what do you do now? You reward him for that. This is what we're doing here. With a dog, you actually give him a bonus. You're rewarding him for failing. But the, the, the pshat is like this. We have to understand something. When you look to give a reward or not, you have to look at the entire situation. You have to look, listen, this dog has been doing a great job for the past 10, 15 years. Right? Now all of a sudden, one time he failed. So now, you're going to nail him on that failure? So he said, no. Look, judge this creature from the totality of his work. 
Now, this is a very, very important lesson for us when we deal with people, whether it is your neighbor or whether it is someone in, 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 in a synagogue, at work, or especially in your family. A worker, for example, has been working for 15 years tremendously. All of a sudden, one time, he messes up. So what do you do? You go scream at him? What happens with your wife? She's been doing a great job all the time. Everything's been well. Then, so once in a while, start screaming. The soup is too salty. Or this thing here doesn't have enough uh, this oil in it, whatever. Please understand. Look at the totality of everything. Don't look at the immediate, what happened just now. Be more considerate. You have to see what has happened in the past and judge a situation not on what the present is, but also what happened in the past, everything together. Then you can make a good judgment. Maybe with this we can understand what it says, Matsa Isha Matsato. A person who found a woman, he found goodness. But then there's a contradiction. It says, anita isha mar mi I find the woman more bitter than death. What does that mean? Well, look at the wording. One says matzah, meaning he found. The other one says motse, now the present. If you're going to always judge the wife only for the present, whatever happened, the immediate now, Something happened that was wrong. You're going to judge just right now. Well, then it's going to be a bitter life. But if it's matzah, if you look at the past also, you look at the totality of the whole thing. You see, oh, look at all the goodness that has come since you married your wife. Then matzatov, Then you found something good. We had, see, this parashat mishpatim is telling us about, as I started saying in the beginning, about Mishra ben Adam lahadero meaning that we have to be really very considerate toward our fellow man, to be kind, to be generous, to treat them properly. That's the way we can have unity for all of us and shalom from all of us. And that's the way how we can uh, bring our Mashiach quickly. Amen. Rabotai, I want to also just uh, mention the fact that this is a great station and that please, anytime you can, yeah, you can afford to give a contribution, send it immediately. Also, as I've told you in the past, we have a, a beautifully renovated social hall and we can handle any kind of your simahot. Any simha that you have, please call us. We'll be able to accommodate you. Hodesh Tov and Shalom Aleichem.